0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast, where you can hear our latest teachings and conversations. Hey friends, it's so good to be together this morning. I don't know about you, but I am just... In this season, I have been super thankful for the technology that we have, the cameras, the internet, even though it's not the best internet, the internet that we do have and the platforms that we have to be able to be together as creatively and as innovatively as we can. Aren't you thankful for that? Even even if you're listening to this um, into the week next week on the podcast, just it's so cool that we have the means to create this content to be viewed whenever it's needed. So I'm just... I'm just thankful this morning that we have what we have to be together the way that we can. God is very, very good. And before we go any further this morning, I haven't really been able to address us as a church since the vote and all of that stuff. And I just, I want you to know from the bottom of my heart and Jesse's heart that we are just absolutely honored and excited for what God is doing and to be a part of this with you all. Truly, truly, what a gift. This has, this has become home. Very quickly, this has become home and us, Jesse and I, the girls and all the animals that live in our house, we are just, we are excited to be a part of what God is doing in this place, in this time with you people. God is so good. God is so good. And we, we have great dreams uh, for the future. And just again, uh, just building and, and exploring the future after following a, a foundation so beautifully laid and built by Pastor Tim and Gala is such a gift. Truly it is. So even in the comments and in the like and love buttons, can we just can we show them some love and honor and respect this morning? Just what what a gift they are to our church and our community and this island. Really, really, really it is. Really they are. God is so good. And it's a gift, it's a gift to be able to follow in their footsteps and in their foundations. It's so good. So let's jump in this morning. So growing up, I was a kid who loved to ask the question, why? I wanted to understand the reason for something. Because I said so or because that's just the way it is did not satisfy me whatsoever. You know who else really loves to ask that very same question is a little girl named Adeline Marie Lamus. <laughs> I remember a story my parents told me as I got older. I had a teacher who did not like my question why. Now, I will fully admit, I probably asked that question why in the absolute worst moments. So I totally understand her irritation. But I really wanted to know why. I wanted to know the reason. I wasn't trying to be a problem or challenging or be rebellious. I just wanted to understand the reason. If you give me the heart reason for something, I'm in. But my nine or 10 year old virtuous self would not follow so blindly. Have you ever found yourself asking that why question? Like really wondering why? Maybe you were in college or university and you were following a certain career path and just somewhere along the line you just Ask the question, why am I doing this? Do I even like any of this? Maybe it's a job that you've been on in the past, and you know, 10 years down the road, all of a sudden, the question just planted in your head is, why am I here? Why am I so bored? What decision made me end up here? You know, maybe the addiction took you way farther than you ever thought you'd end up, and you woke up one morning, and you're just thinking to yourself, what happened? Why am I, this person, in this place, doing this thing? Now, don't get me wrong. There are always moments of why and boredom that are just part of the human life. But there are real, and I would even say divine moments, where the question why opens our eyes to the reality of a situation. Do you follow me? Why can make us see things for how they truly are? I'll say that again. Why makes us see things that we may have never seen before? Allowing us to see things sometimes for how they truly are. We are in a series exploring the book, or even better put, the letter of Ephesians. If you're joining us for the first time, I'm gonna give us a little bit of a recap. And honestly, for the rest of us, a recap may be really good. This is a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church in the city of Ephesus. He was writing this while in a Roman prison and most scholars would say this was written around the time of AD 60. There is an overall purpose and theme flowing throughout the entire letter from Paul unity and togetherness, which is part of God's beautiful and powerful purpose for the renewal and restoration of his world. This morning, we're going to pick up in, in verse 19. So even in this moment right now, if you, if you have your Bible with you, why don't you open up to Ephesians chapter 1. I'll give you a moment to do that. Even if you have to run and go get it, that's fine. We'll pick up in Verse 19 of chapter one this morning. Pastor Tim and Pastor Adam led us through the previous verses, really setting the stage for verse 19. Basically praying, Paul praying, that God would flood the reader's hearts. I loved that verse 18 last week that Pastor Tim read, that light would flood the reader's hearts. Isn't that so good? And there would be a divine understanding of the inheritance that is ready for us from God if we truly want it and receive it and live in it an inheritance, a way of life, a victorious love and grace-filled life. But how? What's what's the why behind that? What is the reason for this? What is the life source of this? Why? Where does it come from? So let's continue in verse 19. Actually, before we go any further, would you you pray with me one more time just as we... As we open up the Bible and read together, let's just, let's just invite the Holy Spirit to come once again. God, we just, we quiet ourselves in this moment. We allow the, the silence maybe even to be a little uncomfortable. Holy Spirit, would you illuminate something new to us today? Just like we read last week in verse 18, that light would flood our hearts today, illuminating something new that, Lord, you are saying to us. Holy Spirit, speak. Holy Spirit, speak. Amen. Verse 19. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. Paul begins to go deeper in detail of what God's eternal plan is for humanity and the entire world. We read several weeks ago, if you can remember in verses 6 through 10, that God has been pursuing his creation. The good news, the gospel is God loving and pursuing his creation so much for the purpose of healing and restoration. Salvation is another word we use for this. Salvation is the Greek word or comes from the Greek word soteria, which is where we also get words like salve or to heal. So a literal salve, something to heal. Salvation, healing, and restoration. Another way to put it, this is so good, I love this. Restoration to a state of safety, soundness, health, And well being. How good are those words? Salvation, to heal. Then Paul starts to give the how. He starts to go into the why. This is not a mighty good future that's created on our own. This isn't a mighty good future stemming from a few positive thoughts. This isn't a mighty good future simply of well behaved people. I've used this quote before, but I've had a hard time finding anything that sums it up so beautifully and so powerfully. This is from C.S. Lewis. In his book, Mere Christianity, he writes this, Niceness, wholesome, integrated personality, is an excellent thing. We must try by every medical, educational, economic, and political means in our power to produce a world where as many people as possible grow nice, just as we try to produce a world where everyone can eat plenty. But we must not suppose that even if we succeeded in making everyone nice, we should have saved their souls. A world of nice people, content in their own niceness, looking no further, turned away from God, would be just as desperately in need of salvation as a miserable world, and even more difficult to save. For mere improvement is not redemption. Do you hear that this morning? For mere improvement is not redemption. Though redemption always improves people, even here and now, and will, in the end, improve them to a degree we cannot yet imagine, God became man to turn creatures into sons. Oh, that's good. Not simply to produce better men of the old kind, but to produce a new kind of man, a new kind of humanity. It's not like teaching a horse to jump better and better. But like turning a horse into a winged creature. That is so good. That is so good for us to hear today. For mere improvement is not redemption. Not simply good teaching, not simply good worship leading, not simply good kids and youth programs, not simply a good celebrate recovery ministry, not simply a new building. All those things are incredible and needed and good, but without the life giving power of God's presence, it's all just noise and programming, isn't it? To receive power, we need to know the source. I'll say that again. To receive power, we need to know the source. Jesus puts it another way in the book of John. John 15 says this, verse one. I am the vine and my father is the gardener. He he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will even be more fruitful. You are already clean because of what I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. That's how it works. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is using the metaphor here of a vine in a vineyard producing grapes. Grapes do not simply arrive, do they? The fruit is attached to the vine, which is attached to the branch, which is maintained and cared for and nurtured by the gardener or the vineyard keeper. There is functionality. There is care and nurturing from the gardener, which gives the plant life, power. The fruit does not come unless the gardener cares for the plant, And through the plant flows life, flows power. The why for the fruit is the plant and the gardener. Without them, the fruit doesn't function as it was made for. Do you hear that today? Without them, the fruit does not function as it was made. In 2011, I had a a giant why moment in my life. I had gone to Kingswood for a semester, and it was really good. But there was this lingering why, reason, that I I felt was unexplored in my mind and my heart. And so I needed to pause, and I needed to explore that. So I went on a trip, as most young 20-year-olds usually do. And I traveled across the Midwest with a group of young adults. And it it was this discipleship mentoring journey basically on steroids. And it was one of the most uncomfortable experiences in my life, but it will stand out forever as one of the strongest pillars of my life at the same time. God began to peel back the layers and just start to deposit a why that had far more to do with who I was and who I am and less about what I needed to do with my life. I was made to love God with everything I am and love people out of that same closeness with God, period. Seems really simple, but digging into that has begun to reshape how I see myself, how I see the church, the people of God in the world, who we are, a love that would abandon other versions of life to love God with all that I am to love people the way God does. Why do I exist? Why am I alive? What am I doing with my life? Love God with everything I am. Be close to him. Be in the closest, most intimate relationship with him that I can be. And then love people from that source, from that power, from that love. If I could dream for us as a community of people who follow Jesus on Graham and I would say this again, verse 19. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness. If I could dream for us, I would would pray that we would understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us in this time, in this place, who believe in him. And this is that same power that raised Christ from the dead. I dream and pray that we, the church on Graham and Ann, not even simply our community, our church, but the whole church on Graham and Ann, would live day in, day out, connected and deeply rooted in the life-giving power that raised Christ from the dead. That, That same power that God has breathed into who we are as human beings who are restored and healed by King Jesus. I dream and pray that our greatest desires, our deepest hunger would be to experience more of God, more of Him here, more of his love, more of his power, more of his grace, more of his kingdom, his way here every day. We could be really good at doing church. We could be really good at the programs that we do, but we could be really bad at stewarding the presence of God. Let this just just sit for a moment, because this is an invitation. This isn't a condemnation. This is an invitation We could be really good at doing church and at the same time be really bad at stewarding God's presence. God has promised that he would pour out his presence, his power, his love, his grace, his healing, his restoration. We've been reading about it in in Ephesians for the last few weeks. That's God's plan. That's what he wants to do. He wants to pour out his power. He desires to be with his people, with his creation. But we have to want it too. We have to hunger for it. We have to deeply thirst for it. We have to desire for it. That desire, that need of hunger has been what's keeping me up at night. In the same way, that I've always loved to ask the question why, I have started to, and I feel like the Lord has been inviting me to ask this question. Do I exist in the world right now as a follower of Jesus who hungers for the presence of God? Because if I'm a follower of Jesus, if I'm a follower of Jesus, that means I need to do what Jesus did. I am submitting myself To the leadership and teachings and ways of Jesus. I am, in a better way to put it, I am his apprentice. I am his follower. I do what he did. I need to do what he did. I take on the very lifestyle, day in, day out, and in the non-glamorous moments, I take on the very lifestyle of Jesus, not simply his ethics or his theology. Let's just say I wanted to become a fisherman. I would call Peter Wilcox, and I would say, hey, I want to learn from you. I would pay close attention to the things Peter does all the time. I would get up when he gets up. I would prepare when he prepares. When does he start getting the boat ready? When does he start getting the ropes ready? When does he start getting the bait ready? What are his rhythms? What does he do in life? What are his rhythms? What are his lifestyle? Not just his ideas, but how does he live? I wouldn't just show up on the first day of fishing season and assume I'm ready to go, even though most of you would probably pay a ton of money to see how I did. (laughs) I can't expect to live the life of a fisherman if I don't take on the lifestyle of a fisherman. Correct? It's the same as following Jesus. I can't expect to live as a follower, an apprentice of Jesus, if I don't take on the lifestyle of Jesus. Jesus lived from the power of God. Jesus lived from the closeness, the intimacy, the power, the life source of God. Jesus was close to God. Jesus loved God with everything. Jesus stewarded God's presence in everything he did. Jesus loved people the way God loves people. What does it say in verse 20 and 21? This is the power that raised Christ from the dead. This is the power that allowed Jesus to accomplish what he came to do and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. It's the same as what we read in in John 15. Without me, you can bear no fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. There's this, there's this connection to the power and the presence of God that fuels the life of an apprentice to Jesus. That's it, period. We're bound to fail if we don't stay connected, if we don't stay connected to the source. So we're going to go after that together. I feel in the six months that I've been here already, now, now seven months that I've been here, I just feel like the Lord, this was, this was something that the Lord had a journey that uh, the Lord had Jesse and I on i we feel like for the last few years, but especially when we when we came here and just said yes to God, we just have felt that the Lord has been inviting us into a day in day out non glamorous rhythms of King Jesus, and there has been this overarching dissatisfaction with other ways, like what what part of my life is hindering a deeper apprentice to King Jesus? I want us to be a people that are not afraid to ask that question. So we're going to go after that. That's the invitation. Like I said earlier, it's not a condemnation. It's an invitation. So we're going to go after that together. I'm going to go after that, and I invite you to do that with me. I don't care if you've been attending our church for 50 years or for 50 seconds. Maybe you're tuning in for the first time today and something is just gripping at your soul. That is the presence of God. That is the Holy Spirit bringing something to life in you. A rising tide of transformed lives. So what does that look like? What is it about the lifestyle of Jesus that speaks to this verse and this this letter in this moment What is it about? What is it about the presence, the life of King Jesus that fuels the life of an apprentice? That means, and we've been going after some of this even this past fall, and we're just going to keep pressing in. We're going to be people of prayer. We're going to be people that that worship. The the point of worship is to to, is to is to give God praise, to give him glory and honor and love and adoration. And, And the presence of God meets us in those moments. Isn't that true? So that means we're going to be people of prayer, we're going to be people of worship. We're going to be people that are not afraid to, to explore things like silence and solitude in a world. That's why we've been doing the promises videos. If you haven't been tuning in, I just I challenge you to pause at noon on Wednesdays with us and just, I know you can watch it later, but there's something about pausing in that moment and just taking a breath. Remembering I have no life without the presence of God. I have no life without the presence of God. We're going to go after that together. And there's going to be more ways that we tangibly explore that in the years and, and, and time to come. But just as we, as we close this morning, this is the invitation. I pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us in this time, in this place, on Gram and Ann Island in New Brunswick power that raised Christ from the dead is fueling what God is doing in our world. And we need it. We need that power. We need that intimacy to be apprentices of King Jesus, not to just show up on a Sunday or to tune in on a Sunday morning for an event, but a lifestyle, a fully integrated lifestyle of being an apprentice to King Jesus. Would you pray with me this morning? God, I just, I thank you for this word. I know I've had the, the gift and really the, the honor of, of delivering, I feel like, what you're saying this morning, but, but even me this morning in this time in this place, or whenever we're listening to it, but from, it's just been blessing my soul to remember you call me to a deeply integrated life with you. Not in the high moments, not in the big elaborate romantic moments, but in, in the day in, day out, Non glamorous moments of life, you invite me to follow, to live a way that is life giving, that is full of your power and your presence. And that's what's going to continue to bring people to life on our island, is we live out of that power that raised Christ from the dead. When your presence, when your power fills a place, death cannot help but come to life. So, Lord, we just, even in this moment, would you? I'm gonna I'm gonna pray this over myself, but would you even if, if you feel like this is something the Lord's calling you to, would you would you join me? Lord, I, I commit my life to explore more of what it means to be a deeper apprentice to King Jesus. And I want to allow that question and that, that commitment to shape the ways of my life that are not being an apprentice to King Jesus. We invite, that, we invite that, that movement, that correction even, that, that life change. True definition of repentance is a change of direction, a lifestyle that follows King Jesus. Do that in us, Lord. Do that, us, do that in us, Lord. May we see just that, that power and that intimacy begin to bring people from death to life in our time. We love you and we praise you. Amen, amen. Thanks for listening and joining us today. If you'd like to know more about The Lighthouse Church, you can find us on Facebook at Lighthouse Graham and Ann or on Instagram at the Lighthouse GM. We'd love to chat with you more. Maybe something jumped out at you or grabbed your attention while you were listening today. We would love to talk with you and discuss some of the deeper questions of life together. God loves you, we love you, and we're in this together.